Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join in the discussion, email us at theyogahour@unityonlineradio.org. Now, here's your host, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, a time to open our hearts and minds to the infinite. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and feeling very fortunate today to be here with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, the founder and host of the Yoga Hour. Today, we'll be really talking about delving into the, the deeper meanings of yoga, Kriya Yoga, the yoga of Patanjali's Yoga Sutra, the yoga that Yogananda brought to this country in, the 19, in 1920. Yoga, the word, Sanskrit word, means oneness, union, or unity. And although most people think of yoga in a more limited way as perhaps just a a form of exercise or stretching, yoga is actually much deeper and broader and contains principles and philosophy, practice for spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Today our topic is the power of intention. We'll be talking about what a spiritual intention is and how to bring this beneficial and transformative practice into our lives. As many listeners know, Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien is an internationally acclaimed spiritual teacher, author, poet, and the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a Kriya Yoga Meditation Center with headquarters in San Jose, California. Yogacharya teaches nationally and internationally and has received several community service awards, including the 2015 Mahatma Gandhi Award for the Promotion of Religious Pluralism. She is currently offering a year-long online course called Dharma 365, which is a comprehensive immersion in Dharma studies and practices for discovering your higher purpose and living it every day with heart and meaning. Her websites are ellengraceobrien.com, and O'Brien is O-B-R-I-A-N, so ellengraceobrien.com and csecenter.org. Welcome, Yogacharya or Umaji. I'm delighted that we could have this conversation today on the Yoga Hour. 
Thanks so much, Dr. Trujillo, and my greetings to all the listeners and subscribers to the Yoga Hour. I'm delighted to um, be your guest today in this wonderful turnaround. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So before we dive into our discussion about the power of intention, let's begin by practicing for a moment, having a yoga moment and taking this moment to turn our attention within. So as we begin, let's just start by being aware of ourselves, our bodies in space. If we're sitting or standing, moving, just being aware of where our body touches the earth, where it's supported, perhaps in a chair. And then as we're able, using our breath as a tool to turn our attention within, noticing each breath, being aware of each inhale, And each exhale, not trying to change the rhythm of our breathing, but just noticing its natural flow. Feeling cool air entering the nostrils. And warm air flowing out. Each inhale can draw us deeper within. And with each exhale, we can let go and relax. As we dive within, we can open our heart to the essence of our being. This one reality called by many names is the support and substance of all that is. Right where we are, right here and right now, this divine essence is present as you, as me, as everyone and everything. It's within us, between us and all around us. Just by being present and noticing, we can rest in this essence of our being. We may notice thoughts or feelings arise, and we can watch them, we can witness them, follow them, and allow them to pass away. Resting in this essence of being, which is beyond all change, beyond words and thoughts, beyond sensation, just resting in 
pure existence being. We feel the peace that emanates from this essence of our being and allow it to pervade the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. We abide in this peace and carry it with us in our day. We can share it with everyone we meet. Oh. Once again, Yogacharya O'Brien, Umaji, so lovely to have you return as a guest on the Yoga Hour. And I always enjoy beginning with one of your poems. I think, actually, a few, I think, if they're short. Would you share them with us? I would love to do that first, uh, Dr. Trujillo. Thank you for the uh, wonderful meditation, um, that yoga moment, being able to center ourselves in that divine reality which we are. Um, I'm going to read from um, a new book that has come out this year, The Moon Reminded Me. Um, <clears throat> actually, it came out last year, <laughs> but it still feels new. And The Moon <laughs> Reminded Me. And uh, I'll begin with the first poem in the book that is called Sandhya. Sandhya is a Sanskrit word for junction, and it refers to the transitional hours, the auspicious times of the day for prayer, um, at dawn, noon, and dusk. Uh, this morning, uh, when I uh, woke up before dawn, you know, I always like to sit um, in the quiet hours before dawn and face the east, and this morning, it was like, the whole sky became a flame, you know, like the like the sacred Vedic fires were lit, and um, it was so beautiful, and it you know flamed up and lasted for a little while, and then settled down, and um, that's a wonderful thing to to witness. So it's said that those. Um, junctures of dawn and noon and dusk are time when the earth becomes very quiet and of course we can notice that if we're awake and if we're tuned into it we, even the birds are quiet and they begin to sing after that time so this is a poem about tuning in to ourselves and tuning into the whole earth and that divine presence it's called Sandhya listen lark sings as day begins and when it ends The tide of gratitude flows in. Senses bow before the one. This is the hour. Enter the temple of I am that. Grace is being dispensed. Take prasad, ambrosia of now, nectar of surrender. It will sweeten your tongue, render you speechless, make you sing so of course that's about that experience of entering into the deep self the deep stillness and um, this next one I was thinking of this morning um, 
witnessing that blazing dawn. And um, in India, it, it was a little more common to see those red dawns. And I think possibly where I was staying, there's more particles in the air <laughs> that, <laughs> in, that that allow that to, to happen. But um, sort of unmistakable. And early out in the villages, you uh, um, it's common for the rush hour in India in the villages to be people going to the temple. <laughs> and I always contrast that with rush hour here. We're getting in our cars and we're going to work. So we have to learn, you know, how to make uh, what it, wherever we're going our temple. Um, but here witnessing these um, people who rise at dawn and then there's this um, movement towards the temple, um, and in the call that we feel towards uh, living our life uh, fully, that dharmic call within us. So this is called Rose and Azure Letters. Mm. Hari, those rose letters penned on azure skies, you slipped daily at dawn under the door of my mind, called me from my home. Why hide from me now? Their fragrance still speaks. When night jasmine fills the air, I know not even the darkness escapes your call to bloom. You know, I I think about that poem. I was doing the um, 40 Dawns practice that's part of the Dharma 365, you know, program, doing Mm -hmm. what you just described, you know, getting up and and feeling that transition as we move from, from, uh, you know, the darkness, you know, into the light. And so often it, it does have the, you know, the rose and azure you know, colors that mm-hmm. are, that you, that you just described that are just so, so beautiful. So thank you for those poems. What a lovely way, lovely inspiration for us to begin our conversation. So this has been a series that you and I have had a series of discussions. This is the fifth and we started it last September. It's been kind of one a month. It's been a few months that we've missed. For those who have missed the prior programs, they can be accessed in our archive at unity.fm slash the yoga hour. So for those maybe who haven't been listening to the Dharma series, let's just begin by, let's begin there. Let's begin by discussing Dharma. So how do you define Dharma? Um. And Dharma, of course, is a Sanskrit word, and uh, it means um, foundation or support or what holds together, and it and it refers to the cosmic order of things, um, the divine order of life, and uh, so Dharma is um, higher purpose, and it's it's learning to take our right place and live in accordance with the truth of our being you know that is our our dharma to know who we are and um and then to live in harmony uh with this the, with this cosmic order with this higher order which is the source of um ethical and uh moral um order in our universe uh the cosmic order is connected to that so in addition to the overall 
kind of global dharma that you've been talking about, each of us also has an individual dharma or svadharma that is different for each person. So how does that individual dharma differ from this collective dharma that everyone shares? Well, we can look at uh, collective dharma as the um, primary spiritual uh, purpose, you know, to awaken to the truth of our being and then live in harmony um, as our dharma, as, you know, sometimes called the way of righteousness, you know, learning to live in the highest way. But each of us, of course, is unique. We have individual talents. Um, we have duties that are part of our, the time of our life, our station in life. Um, and uh, we have uh talents and we have dreams and uh, so each of us has a particular calling that um, is like our thread uh, to contribute to the great weave of life and uh, it's connected to our larger dharma of course it's connected to our swadharma uh, what we do individually is a way of helping us live our higher purpose so mm-hmm. it's not separate from it you know it's a way that we learn and 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 we grow um to do what is ours to do helps uh shape us uh in accordance with with dharma I love the the uh, image of the jeweled net of Indra, mm-hmm. where there's a you know a net kind of a you know imagine a net over the whole world over the whole earth, and every place that you know two strands cross, there's a jewel, and that's mm-hmm. representing one of us, mm-hmm. and you know representing that individual mix, as you said, of talents and gifts and opportunities that each person has, that is really irreplaceable. There's not another one that's just like that, you know, and so finding that, you know, that our uh, becoming our jewel, uh, yeah. taking up our, our place in that, um, you know, in that huge net, you know, of humanity, all moving everything forward. Yeah, and that's beautiful to bring that image in because we, we can get a sense that um, living our dharma is either um, strengthening that global net or weakening it if we uh, don't take our rightful place. Mm-hmm. So today's program, we're going to focus on the power of setting a spiritual intention, which of course is related to the Dharma and Svadharma that we've been uh, talking about. So first, let's talk about what what is a spiritual intention? What does it mean to set a spiritual intention? Well, I have looked at uh, spiritual intention, differentiated it from a goal, goal setting, um, <clears throat> excuse me, um, as our ability to draw forth the spiritual qualities within us. And so, um, a spiritual intention, for example, uh, could be to grow in uh, love or compassion. And 
so it is at once something that is already within us and something we are stretching forth to manifest. So it's a spiritual intention in that way is drawing upon our spiritual qualities, that which we are in essence, that in potential, that we um, agree, um, we determine that we will bring forth um you know, in 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 our life, in a um, viable uh, manifesting way. And when you describe this in uh, Dharma three sixty five, you use the image of an archer, and that was very meaningful to me. You know that it rather than you know setting a particular goal, that you know with the archer, you know drawing the bow, it's it's the intention, the aim you know, to bring these qualities that you've mentioned into into manifestation. Yeah, I think the main um, distinction in this process that I'm talking about in terms of setting a spiritual intention, the main uh, critical distinction between what we do with goal setting and setting a spiritual intention is that we understand that we already have within us what we are calling forth or bringing forth. Um, and we call it a sankalpa if we want to use the Sanskrit word. But when I used the uh, image of the archer, I said, you know, when we look at a goal, you know, we sometimes think, well, uh, I'm going to go do this. I haven't done it before, but uh, I will accomplish X, Y, Z. And, you know, so we think of um, this um, distinct event that will happen at some point in the future. But if we look at what it takes to uh, reach a target as an archer, we see that it's not um, a a uh, distinct event of the arrow hitting the target, but it, it begins, of course, in the mind of the archer with the intention to do that, and then there is the stretching forth of the bow, you know, there's a step-by-step um activity that takes place that begins in the mind of the archer uh, with the idea and the intention to reach that target. So all along the process is the manifestation of reaching that goal. So spiritual intention is like that. So uh, the, the really critical dimension of it is knowing that it begins with calling forth our inner reserves. It's not mm-hmm. something that we're going to do that is outside of ourselves. It's really a calling forth, a bringing forth that is that which is within us. Mm. I I just um, for some reason that that um, analogy with the archer was was really helpful to me in in um, imagining that and realizing again that it's um, you know it's uh, as you said bringing forth these inner qualities that are already there that are already present you know at our soul level and allowing them to come into manifestation you you just use the word sankalpa so let's just spend a little bit more time on that so what does that word mean what does that sanskrit word mean well it means intention or volition 
or the will, um, it, it, it means to come into existence or to determine. Mm. So, um, you know, we use it in the sense that it is that which is within you and it's coming into existence, into manifestation. Um, it's, it's similar, um, to the Latin, uh, root of the word intention, which means to stretch toward, which mm. is, you know, where the um, image of the archer came to me, that we're stretching toward something, but in order to do that, you have to stand in it already, if, if, you, can, mm. if you can visualize that. Um, so each moment is hitting the target, um, beginning with calling forth that <clears throat> divine idea which is within you. Mm. You uh, included a, a quote from Ganilla Norris. And I wanted to bring that into our conversation. Here's the quote. How differently it feels when we live with and in our heart's desire, when we use ourselves and our days for a chosen purpose. To align with the deep desire of our essence is always a joy. Then, though our days pass, we live within a different and much larger Dimension, And I, I love that last bit. You know, we live within a different and much larger dimension. So how does setting a spiritual intention or sankalpa, as you mentioned, how does that help us to live in a larger dimension? Well, when we take time to reflect and to make a decision, set an intention, we, we create, in a sense of, um, a framework for our days, a, a dharmic framework. Um, I often think of uh, the part of uh, Rilke's um, poem, My life is not this steeply sloping hour in which you see me hurrying. And, you know, if we, if we do not have this larger context for our life, um, that creates a framework for our thoughts and actions, then it's so easy to become distracted in all the things that, you know, are before us to do. So setting a spiritual intention helps us, um, it guides our days in, in this larger context. And paradoxically, it, it actually helps us be open. So you would think an intention, you know, because it's a focus would have you, um, narrow your field, but, um, it actually opens the field because it has you focus on a higher dimension rather than um, the contraction that comes with um, letting the mind be continually distracted. So it makes makes your life, your action, a meditation, like, um, you know, Krishna defines... Uh, Yoga in the Bhagavad Gita as skill in action. So mm-hmm. this dharmic living, having an intention for how you will live every day is a meditative way to have skill in action. It's, it's mm-hmm. a, um, it's a preventative, <laughs> um, a prescription against distraction. 
Hmm. And I love that idea of openness, you know, and in particular, openness to grace. So when we set a spiritual intention, or um, what is the relationship between having that, you know, spiritual intention that we've set and um, that allowing us to be more open to grace? Well, we when we have a dharmic intention, um, we know that um, we are working in harmony with the infinite. So um, we expect <laughs> we expect grace. We know that um, it is necessary for the intention to um, become manifest. And so, um, right from the very beginning, it's an opening, a surrender, an offering. It's a worshipful, worshipful way to live. So, um, grace is expected every day. You're looking for it. It's necessary and you know it. Oh, so, uh, so beautiful. And with that, we've come to the break. You're listening to the Yoga Hour and a special conversation today with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, founder and regular host of this program. Yogacharya has published several books and audio programs about meditation, mindfulness, and spiritual living. Her current online course is Dharma 365, A Year of Living Purposefully. You can find out more about Yogacharya and her work on her websites, ellengraceobrien.com and csecenter.org. We welcome your comments and questions. You can connect, contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo. When we come back from the break, we'll explore how to set a spiritual intention. We'll be right back. Wouldn't you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. What if... You were intentional about your life, committed to having more energy and being more vibrant. Join Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an intentional and energetic life. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. 
joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an incredible life right now? Learn how each week on The Intentional Spirit. Seeing and Being, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way. With Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Chahio here with the Yoga Hour's regular host, Yogacharya O'Brien, and discussing the power of setting a spiritual intention. So, Yogacharya, Umaji, now that we understand a bit more about what a spiritual intention is as an intention to allow a quality of our soul nature, such as love, peace, or compassion, to come more fully into manifestation, let's talk about how to set a spiritual intention or sankalpa. So, um, in Dharma 365, you lay out five steps. Where do we start? What's the first step? The first step is claiming our heart's longing, you know, claiming what what we already know. So, you know, it's interesting that this whole concept of dharma, dharmic living, living with higher purpose, what is ours to do, you know, people often approach it as if it's mysterious, but it's really not mysterious at all if we are willing to tune into our our heart's longing you know what we know um is needed or desired um for us in any given moment you know so for me um years ago when i first started on the yoga path um i, I was really struggling to have my life work you know i hadn't really found my right work you know i was a student of yoga but i hadn't started teaching it and um i didn't know uh, i had tried several jobs but couldn't find the right thing for me so my um my son Kalpa, my spiritual intention at that time was to prosper. Because I needed to learn how to prosper. And so, um, according to uh, the teachings of yoga, you know, we are already full in, in our essence of being. We're already whole. We're already prosperous. So, to set a sankalpa to prosper was to set the intention to fulfill um, what was already inherent to my own nature. So, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't uh, without resources. I was inherently full, but I needed to um, find out, you know, how to discover that in the universe, how to bring together the fullness, the wholeness, the innate to my being with the experience of living it. And so my sankalpa was to prosper. And, um, and so I set that intention based on what my heart's desire was and what my need was at that current point in time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I have set, you know, different sankalpas at different times in my life. That was the 
you know, first one I remember setting because it was so obvious that um, I, I wasn't experiencing prosperity. And in order to fulfill um, my dharma, to live the life that, you know, is my divine life waiting for me to realize I needed to know how to show up in the world and to um, prosper in my right place. And then, you know, later I uh, set uh, intention to, um, you know, to be the presence of love or compassion. And, you know, right now I'm in the midst of a sankalpa to realize the fullness of, of uh, divine creativity. Mm. <laughs> yes. So one of the aspects of a sankalpa is that it, it has benefit not just for us, but for all. So how do you approach that? Is it, I mean, just, I guess, focusing on the qualities that are inherent to our spiritual nature, the ones you've mentioned, you know, love, compassion, the more that we manifest that, of course, that's for the good of all. Yes, and, and as I said earlier, you know, we think about it when we um, decide, you know, we're, you know, say our, our, you know, say we we are a little troubled in relationship or we feel um, lonely or, um, you know, sort of bereft or we might feel the fullness of love but feel like it's not expressed. But but when you make a sankalpa to love, for example, um, to be the presence of love, uh, one of the things that will happen is in the wake of that strong intention in harmony with that divine quality, um, you'll see uh, what you need to heal in order to manifest that. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I... When I had the Sankalpa to bring forth love, um, one of the things that um, became very real to me was that in order to expand that divine quality of love within me, I needed to uh, learn how to forgive in you know certain old relationships where I held uh, resentments or I wanted to forgive, but i just I just didn't know how so um, we set the intention uh, with the uh, idea and the determination, the 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 will to um, have what it is that we want to bring forth be in harmony with um, divine will. So that that. You know, with the divine good that that serves everyone. You know, Paramahansa Yogananda wrote, "You must not let your life uh, run in the ordinary way. Do something that nobody else has done. Something that will dazzle the world. Mm. Show God's creative principle works in you." So, uh, inherent to this uh, way of setting an intention and allowing allowing divine qualities to flower, um, is the knowledge that that Dharma means in harmony with the cosmic order of things. So it's mm-hmm. not um, it's not about setting something that will benefit an idea, an intention that will benefit you in a selfish way. Um, but you, you dedicate it um, for the blessing, for the good of all beings. Mm. Oh, that was helpful. So we start where we are. 
beginning with what we know. And then next, you advise us to allow your sankalpa room to grow, to fill out in the days ahead. So what do you, what do you mean by this? How does intending to express a soul quality move more fully into action or manifestation? Well, uh, um, let's go back up a little bit and... Um you know, I think it's helpful to remember as I'm um, offering this teaching, as I have put it into a, uh, a program in this way, that we're differentiating a sankalpa, spiritual intention, from a goal uh, in the sense that we begin with this, the broadness and the depth of a divine quality. We don't begin with a discrete uh, event um or a thing, or uh, a manifestation of um, uh, some circumstance that we're looking for. Right. We begin with this this depth of uh, determination to be in fullness that which we are in our divine potential. So I gave the example of love, and you know, uh, a sankalpa to be the presence of love. You know, this is a yearning in the heart. And to have love in your life, to experience love in your life, you have to be love. So you start there with a, that spiritual intention of being that which you are in divine potential. Now, as you set that larger uh, intention, you determine, as Parmansaji said, to dazzle the world with this divine quality, you will discover along the way um, what you need to do um, to be to be that in fullness. So, for example, I, I mentioned I discovered that if I was going to uh, be love in fullness, I would have to learn more about forgiveness. That it was not possible um, to hold on to the past, to hold on to resentment and are hurt or whatever it was and still be uh, this love in fullness. So I had to learn how to let go. So we see, and that's the beauty of working with the Sankalpa, is that when you set this intention, then you learn along the way um, what what you need to do in order to allow it to manifest. So sometimes, you know, like in my case, I had to learn more about forgiveness, or you may have to learn about courage, for example. So um, say your sankalpa is um, uh, to uh, succeed uh, in, in, in making your divine offering. Well, maybe along the way you have to learn how to speak up, you know, how to speak your truth. So these, um, things will come because you'll see where the barriers are. And then you can set more discrete goals, if you will, along the way that are in harmony with your sankalpa. So, you know, for me, it was a goal to learn how to forgive. Another person might be setting a goal in harmony with their sankalpa. Uh, to learn how to speak their truth with power. Mm. Uh, if you have a sankalpa um, to um, be healthy, uh, to express uh, the fullness of well-being, um, health, then um, you you could have a goal um, to to learn how to respect the body, how to honor your body, how to love your body. You know, it will come up um, in 
it's very personal. You know, what you need to do will be revealed to you along the way. If you pay mm-hmm. attention, yes. and you have to pay attention because your own um, self, your own divine self uh, will lead you. You know, there's a saying in the Bhagavad Gita that, that the self um, can be your greatest friend uh, or your greatest enemy. So, mm-hmm. you know, what that means is, you know, we, we, we learn because the self, the higher self is guiding the process. And if we work in harmony with that honing of, um, of ourselves, then the self is a friend. We're working in harmony with this. But if we try to ignore it, you know, if, what, if we want to be healthy and we ignore, um, the self that is prompting us to have, uh, uh, a sattvic, a healthy diet, then we'll be at odds with ourselves, and the self uh, will be an enemy. So we begin with what we know. We allow our sankalpa room to grow. And then thirdly, you recommend grounding our sankalpa by connecting it with regular daily practice. So you, I can even just see in what you've said, you know, the importance of this. But can you fill that out a little bit? How does having grounding our sankalpa by connecting it with a regular daily practice, how does that help our intention come into manifestation? Well, it keeps that keeps it in front of us uh, for one thing. It's like making your your daily life an intentional meditation. You know, mm-hmm. living dharmically, living uh, intentionally, and you know it. <laughs> It's easy, but it's not that simple. So I find that the um, the forces of distraction are indeed plentiful. And uh, so I have a practice, you know, that's part of my sankalpa, part of my uh, spiritual um, living intentionally, living dharmically. I have a practice of when I get up in the morning, I light a candle on my altar and I offer prayers and I, I bring to mind um, my intention uh, for that, you know, for the day and in harmony with this, you know, whatever particular intention I'm working on. But honestly, you know, even first thing in the morning before anything is done and I'm lighting the candle, I can't. I can find thoughts coming in about breakfast or about, you know, something else um, that, you know, the subconscious mind was working on while I slept. And uh, so it's a way of training the mind um, to to stay anchored in this living with higher purpose. Because if we don't do that, if we don't have some way that we're reinforcing that this is what we're doing, it, it just, you know, there's a saying um, that the great way is easy, but people love the side paths. And <laughs> so... Um, in yes. order to live the great way, you know, mm. we we have lots of practices to help us stay grounded, help us stay connected 
to it. And, of course, it's really useful if you have um, practices that bring your sankalpa, your intention for dharmic living, into the physical realm. So you're you're grounding in the body. You know, you, you set your intention. Um, you know, first you, you contact it in your uh, contemplative consciousness. Um, you write it out. Um, you say it out loud, which is very helpful. Um, I have often written out my sankalpa and then placed it on my altar and then uh, left it there as a reminder. And then after my meditation, uh, you know, read through the, san, the sankalpa and the intention that I'm working with, you know, so every day I'm, I'm looking at it. And uh, and then if you have some action like lighting a candle, I mean, it could be anything. You know, maybe you have an action of, uh, you know, every day walking around the block. And you can, you know, connect that action with bringing your intention into manifestation. Mm. Yeah, that was really, really helpful. And, of course, a daily meditation practice is another wonderful uh, anchor. As you said, not during the meditation to meditate necessarily on your sankalpa, but uh, to, um, I just find um, meditation practice so helpful in terms of, of seeing a bigger picture of awakening my intuition of, um, you know, uh, increasing my discernment. And that is so, so supportive of then help having a sankalpa seeing for example the opportunities the you know the grace filled opportunities that come our way absolutely yeah meditation practice is the best anchor that we can have for um waking up and uh staying awake mm-hmm. So then the fourth step involves surrendering to grace. And you had a wonderful example of what happened to you during the year that your spiritual intention was to manifest compassion. Can you share that story? Mm, yeah, it was a wonderful story. And, you know, it is just an example of uh, what it means to work in harmony with the infinite and how, you know, the power of sankalpa, of this um, intention to live with higher purpose is understanding that you're working in harmony with the infinite. And the infinite, we could say, you know, wants to support this because it is the will of the infinite to bring forth these divine qualities that are there in potential. So uh, I set this on Kalpa to become compassionate, to be compassionate, um, but I really didn't know how to do it. I mean, I like the idea of compassion and uh, perhaps someone who knew me would say that I was compassionate, but I never really felt like I was very good at it, you know. Uh, it was sort of something that might come and go. So I wanted to really learn about how to be a compassionate person. So I was living in that question when I happened to go to the Parliament of the World's Religions in Melbourne, Australia, and at that time I was uh, on the board of directors, and we had a meeting one afternoon, and the 
chairman of the board said, well, this afternoon, you know, our board members, as board members, we, we have an opportunity to meet with His Holiness, the Dalai Lama, to have a private meeting with him. And uh, Ellen, I think you can uh, lead this session and just offer His Holiness any question you would like. And so, <laughs> you know, here is the the person who's known as the Bodhisattva of Compassion living on our planet today. And I was given the gift of asking the question that I most wanted to know. Mm, so, amazing. you know, how's that for the universe arranging <laughs> conditions when you're really sincere with your prayer of your uh, son, Kalpa? Mm, that's such a beautiful story. And so the fifth step, the last step is um, enjoying the process. So why is that important? <laughs> well, it's our life. <laughs> it's, our, it's our life. It's, it's what, we're, what we're living. You know, if we're not enjoying... And I do have to uh, rein myself in on this one, and I think it's a common thing. You know, when we want something, we uh, want to succeed. You know, it's easy to contract and to feel like you're working hard at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's like the ego takes over, uh, and you can feel that. You know, you can feel it because life becomes difficult. You you become cranky. Um, it's very <laughs> it's very difficult different than um, the openness of a breath of uh, being present to your life, enjoying it, remembering that as the Bhagavad Gita would teach us, you, you are not the doer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you are that uh, witness of uh, divine activity. So it's just a different way of being, you know, not getting lost in the egoic sense that you're you're on your own working this out because yeah. then you're contracted and it's harder to be open to divine grace. But more than anything else, it's it's our life. And, um, you know, how do you want to live? I have to ask myself that. Well, for goodness sake, this is what you're doing. Um, how do you want to live? It's really up to you. How how do you want to experience your life in any given moment? Do you, do you want to be living in fear and contraction and, you know, feeling like you're being whipped forward by conditions or deadlines? Or, you know, do you want to feel like you're swimming in the sea of of infinite power and grace. It's up to you. (laughs) (laughs) Sign me up for for, uh, swimming in the sea of infinite uh, grace. So just a a quick recap. So the five steps are begin where you are, allow your intention room to grow, ground your intention by connecting it with a regular daily practice, surrender to grace, and enjoy the process. I think that is... uh, it's a wonderful path that you've set out, you know, for us and wonderful opportunity for our listeners to explore, explore this transformative process of setting a, a spiritual intention. And with that, we've come to the end of the show. Um, and I always enjoy hearing you read one of your poems as an inspiration at the end of our conversation. So would you share a poem with us? Absolutely. Um I think I'll read this one that is called Discipleship, and it is about um, surrendering to this higher power um, that can show us the way. Mother, you have shown the doves where and how to build their nests in the temple eaves. I'm a lost one, the generation who did not learn to sow. 
the recipes of my grandmothers are gone. I left that house. Now you must show me the simple weaving together of the soul life. Hmm. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and our, our guest today, our wonderful um, founder and director and regular host of The Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, has been with me to discuss the power of setting a spiritual intention or sankalpa. This is the fifth in our continuing series on Dharma. If you miss the first four programs, those are available in our archive at unity.fm slash the yoga hour. The dates to look for are September 14th, October 5th, November 9th, 2017, and then February 8th of this year. Yogacharya O'Brien is also the founder and spiritual director of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment. And you can find out more about her many programs by going to her websites, ellengraceobryan.com and csecenter.org. And I also wanted to mention that the poetry book that we've been listening to, a few selected poems today, is called The Moon Reminded Me and is available on the ellengraceobryan.com website. So wonderful to have this conversation with you today, Yogacharya, and I look forward to our next conversation in June. Thank you so much, Dr. Trio. It's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you and to um, hold in my heart and in my mind the listeners and subscribers to Yoga Hour and to know that there are these beautiful points of light in Indra's net and um, that we each can let that light uh, fully shine. Mm, it's really beautiful. So next week, I'll be having a conversation with Ananta Ripa Ajmira, uh, author of the book, The Ayurveda Way, and we've called the episode Heal Your Body, Strengthen Your Mind, and Free Your Spirit. For those listening in March 2018, Yogacharya O'Brien will be leading a silent retreat in the Santa Cruz Mountains next week called In the Silence of the Soul, April 12th to 15th. And you can find out more about that at the CSE website, which is csecenter.org. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, Meditation Center in the Kriya Yoga Tradition. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you're enjoying the podcast, share it with a friend. I look forward to being with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. 
Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash divine 2022 